1: Looking
2: over, up. Did did over four of you say you've never seen the trailer for Grey
3: State? Have you seen the documentary about it. it, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the documentary, the, his wife talks about how she feels like the house is under demonic attack or presence, and then within a space oh. of a week, he supposedly killed his family and killed himself. Oh, damn! Well, if you see the trailer for the movie, you know exactly why that
1: happened. That's my point. That's why mm-hmm. I was going to exactly. tell Ghost.
2: That's why I was gonna tell Ghost to bring it up because if you haven't seen
1: the trailer, the trailer is- well, it's Friday and it is time for talk at the tavern. Yes, talk at the tavern. It's where it's at every Friday. All right, come on. Great guests lined up. Uh, uh, Catalyst brought some friends, and it was a good time. So sit back, enjoy this. I'm not even gonna do any housekeeping. For this episode, because go to. Okay, I said I wasn't gonna, but go to patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast. Sign up. $5 gets you th- this in its entirety. Okay? Talk at the tavern, is where it's at. And just hope your weekend is great. Okay, guys? Make sure it's great. That's what the tavern is all about getting together on a friday night shooting the shit discussing heavy topics soft topics and anything in between okay all right like i said no housekeeping short and sweet this week short and sweet enjoy your weekend Oh, it's Friday. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's let the people in, shall we say. Let them all in. Let the party begin. It's gonna be a full house. It's gonna be fun. Friday night. What's up, Drew? Hello.
3: Hello. Hey, mate, how you going?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. I, uh, I watched a video today on, uh, Tasmania having this largest crawfish in the world.
3: Yeah, it's a freshwater crayfish. Yeah. We've got a the miniature version in Victoria. They can get to, once Victoria can get a foot, two foot long. Um, Tasmania, they can get over a meter. Yeah,
4: fucking crazy. Andrew, Logan, what's up? Nothing. Just hanging loose. Nice. How do I sound? Uh, do I sound okay? Yeah, yeah, you sound fine. Perfect. How about me?
1: Oh, you sound great as always. You sound like a rock star.
2: Oh, sweet. Got to turn up the monitor.
1: Here we go. Cool. Uh, finally, Friday. Drink some beer and uh, get shitty, I guess, right? I'm on wine tonight. I don't know why. Ooh, I had my wine days back in, back in the Got day. The Vino. The Vino. Tell you what, some of the worst hangovers I've ever had. Yeah, I can't drink too much. It fucks you up real quick. Do
2: yeah, not two two glasses is like what four beers? I yeah,
1: guess? yeah. You never drink a glass of be- uh, wine like you drink a, a can of beer. That's true. Sipping, sip it. Yeah. Fucking winos.
2: I've been drinking so much goddamn beer lately, though. I just need to switch it up. I was like something new.
1: Well, you could have. Uh, got some absinthe <laughs> yeah, i suppose i'm not trying to trip tonight bro <laughs> why not it's a tavern it's fun stuff
2: <laughs> yeah i gotta plan like two days around that kind of shit these days <laughs> yeah
1: yeah true
2: <laughs> i need i need the day after and then i need the day to recover after that day
1: right sucks getting old huh
3: yeah man that's for sure God, I'm fucking buckled for a week afterwards, in here.
1: Yeah, well, not so much. I, I, I'm a, I'm a maintainer, I guess you could say.
3: I thought you were just a grower, not a shower. Yeah, that too. Hey, ghost!
2: I got tickets to Tool Halloween night, Minneapolis.
1: No shit. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm going. I, I wish I could join you. <laughs> I would love to, to go go see them again. Yeah, I got a buddy from Seattle
2: flying out. We're gonna go check it out. Hell,
1: hell yeah, hell yeah. Good times. I uh, I have somebody kind of working on something. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but trying to get Danny Carey on the show.
2: Whoa, that'd be sick. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I'm that'd not be really. Cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath just because I, they don't do too many fucking interviews.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: Jess, welcome. Long time no see. No audio.
3: And you're not (laughs) muted, but you're not connected.
5: Hold on, hold on. I got too many things muted here, but I'm so happy we finally got to connect. This has been a long time of trying to coordinate, so thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. It's been probably well over a year and a half since you've been on the tavern.
5: Over a year, because I think I got my puppy after that, and he's about a year now. Yeah. Long time. Long time, so I'm glad to be here. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello. 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 Hello.
5: Happy Friday.
3: Yeah. Happy fucking Friday. You're all wrong again. It's Saturday. Get it right.
5: Or or Saturday, depending on where you are in the world.
3: And it's a metric system. It's not the Uh, imperial system. And we'll go from there. Yeah,
1: it's
5: Celsius.
1: Yeah. Drew's over in uh, Russia. Oh. (laughs) If you couldn't tell
3: by his accent. <laughs> I'm a roost viking. That's where <laughs> oh, the RP comes from.
1: Hell yeah. Ready okay. to get into some weird conversations. I see Catalyst is here, but not on video. He's probably setting up as usual. Fashionably late. So, what's going on, guys?
4: How was your guys' week? Boring. A lot of working and just. Started a new job, and I completely fucked up my shoulder, like, Ooh. two days ago. That sucks. Yeah. I was carrying, like, this... Shouldn't have done it. Just totally shouldn't have done it, but there was this, like, six-inch piece of copper pipe, and I was like, oh, I can do it. I couldn't do it. It completely tore up my shoulder. Ooh. Shit.
1: Shave that down and do I some electroculture. Sh- <laughs>
3: See, I'm all for that, but I'm, I'm afraid junkies will just steal the copper. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Glad to see we have the same problems all across the pond.
0: That's
3: it. It's universal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How uh, how Orwellian is it getting in Australia these days? Well, a third of our state just got signed over to the Indigenous First Nations people. So, you know, that communism is running deep. Damn. Oh so, yeah, that's
2: the plan. That's the plan. Yeah, following
3: well, wow. that agenda 2030, where they give power to the indigenous peoples. That's really just masked communism. really huh. fun. They, they just uh, legalized uh,
2: uh, weed, cannabis, in, in my state, Minnesota. Oh, really? And and nice. uh, the, the amount of people that are clamoring to get these licenses to get businesses started um, are they're lining up for it. And they're giving social equity preferential treatment to get this people previously convicted of a cannabis related crime or a military veteran who lost their honorable status because of a cannabis related crime. Those are the first groups of people or people that are low income above under some
6: Wait, that can't. That can't participate in this no, shit? No, they're,
2: they're the first in line to get licenses to start Fuck cannabis yes, businesses.
6: Dude. Fuck yes. Yep. That is fucking what's up.
2: I was like, wow, dude. I was like, that's kind of like... I, there's, I mean, there's already people that are trying to come into the state from other states, and I think they're going to be preferential to Minnesota first also. So it's going to be interesting to see
3: how this plays out. Very wh- what are they lining up for to get red- to be legislated and told what to do and have so many... <laughs> Well, Blue, they're, uh, law they're things they have to follow. They're lining up to get permission from the government to make
2: money for themselves.
6: Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Yo, I see I see my boy Fonz Dott is in here. Is he popped in yet or what? No. He, he was also, in twice. One of them left. Okay. Uh, and also have uh, Seth, the singer of Venice Beach Dub Club, is going to be jumping in at six o'clock. Six,
1: five,
6: four. Ooh, six a half hour. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Wait,
2: Andrew. Math is hard. <laughs> Very hard. Andrew, you're yeah. from
4: you're from Minnesota.
2: Yeah. Where about? I live in St. Louis Park, just oh, really? uh, slightly south and west of Minneapolis.
4: Yeah, I'm in Lakeville,
3: which is south Minneapolis.
4: Oh, nice. Okay. Oh yeah. shit, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: How come you don't sound like this Minnesota? Minnesota? sound like more like Canadian esque. That's the way it sounds to me.
4: I think that I. When I lived in Atlanta, when I lived in Atlanta, I got mistaken for being Canadian on so many different occasions.
3: (laughs) Don't feel too bad. Canadians are just British Americans anyway.
2: Sometimes (laughs) you'll hear my O's come out. Oh, oh, no. Mm Don't you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, betcha. Yeah. But I also lived in California for almost 20 years, so. It's yeah, like half Minnesota half surfer. That's my
3: thing. I like it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Check out those waves. Yeah.
6: <laughs> you went, you went from black surfing broad. you went from surfing waves to skateboarding.
2: Uh, oh, snowboarding. Snowboarding to trying to surf to back to snowboarding, yes.
6: Where where did you used to snowboard at? I used to be a competitive snowboarder. I used to compete in USASA.
2: Oh yeah, I feel like we talked about this uh once upon a time on, on the tavern. Um probably to- I'm
6: usually drunk like
2: halfway through. The tavern, <laughs> so <laughs>
6: um
2: I went all over California. I used to go up to Mammoth and Yosemite area and then Mountain High and Bear Mountain right outside of uh, uh Rancho Cucamonga, I think. Right. Oh, right on, really, Yeah.
6: So uh Bear Valley was my home yep. home mountain. And and then yeah, I competed all over, but Mammoth, man, that was one of my favorite places to compete at because it is such a not only just the mountain itself is beautiful, but just the area in Mammoth. Oh yeah, just fucking amazing. I like uh, whatever that lodge is
2: at the uh, middle of the mountain where you sit out and you just look out the window and it's it's the off jump of the big air jump, and we would sit,
6: we would sit. I don't know what you're talking about. I, a, I probably do know it,
2: but I, I don't remember. There's a lodge there. I can't remember what a canyon lodge or whatever, some lodge. But when you're sitting in like the, the booth area, you know, where we can get food and all that shit, and you look out at the at the mountain, there's the the big air, the big slide, the big air jumps, you know. Right. It's right there. So when you're your vantage point, you're seeing them dismount, flip, and then land, like basically right in front of you.
6: That's dope. So I loved watching ten, that shit. It's been about 10 years since I've been to Mammoth. So I'm sure it's changed a lot since oh, I've for been sure. there. Yeah. Um, yo, dude, Fonz dot is in here. And this guy is so fucking dope. He lives in Canada. He is an ex actor. He fucking climbs mountains, like uh, crazy shit that you would like the face I'm of. I'm just mountains. a dude, man. I'm just a dude. No, He's you're not, dude. Him. You're fucking the got- dude. You got tapped, like he grew up with elites. He got tapped to be in secret societies. Like, this guy has a fucking story to tell. So, I'm did, excited did, that he came on. I
7: did some rounds, and you know, I'm happy for the upbringing I had. You know, it's very interesting. And I didn't realize until later the insight I can give a lot of people, especially this community. And then when I went to university, I just fully went all into physics. Um, and then I swapped into it because I realized my friends were going nuts in their PhD and how corrupt it was because it was like a big boy club, essentially. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I was like running houses in Calgary. Uh, I ended up going to school for like nine years part-time in the end, but I just switched to natural science because I could just take whatever science options I wanted. And then I did all my major courses in controversies and controversies in science, which was in genetic modifications of food and organisms, as well as nuclear science. And I literally lost my shit, had a mental breakdown, and so I have some strange insight as someone who's actually educated, you who know, has lived with elites, has chosen to go homeless and just go climb mountains, where a lot of other people who have these same opinions as me, they get labeled as being uneducated in the stuff, where that's not the case with me. So I'm happy to give my input, and thanks for letting me join in.
3: Yeah, You yes. could have warned me there was a Canadian on the show before I started trash talking. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was Canadian,
7: Oh, so. uh, man, Canada is a weird place. I think we're in one of the worst kind of situations right now, and we're probably going to get handed over to China right away so they can help invade America when it falls, so i don't know what google canada
3: man i don't want to hear oh, that. welcome to the club i don't
7: want to so hear so that like, at all What's no, the- so like <laughs> in canada our food situation is the worst is what i'm studying a lot recently with like my doctor friends and stuff like they test all new gmos and pesticides and chemical foods and processed foods like in canada since like way back in the residential school days like We've been the testing ground for like, hey, do people actually digest this <laughs> for a long time? And it's kind of scary. Like, our food system is horrible here.
1: Mm, it's everywhere. Sounds fun. Yeah. Over
7: and
1: and uh, I heard Trudeau or well, Castro, whatever you want to call him, is getting a divorce because apparently he's been
3: banging dudes. Dude. no Shocker. Way. He's, he's having an affair with Macron.
7: So we all call him Castro up here in Canada. Oh, that's funny. And it, like, yeah, it's just a common thing. We all know it. Like, it's not even like people don't even want to fight against that at all. And um, I'm in Western Canada. So we don't even like relate to those people in Eastern Canada at all. Like they're whole
1: different. So you're over related. by what? BC?
7: I'm right on the Alberta, BC border. Okay. So I actually rent a place in BC right now, but I'm living in Alberta. And I'm kind of usually in like Camor or like golden area, maybe as deep in as like Canberra sometimes, but, but not, not that often. I actually lived in the coast in DC as well a bunch. So been all over that range, but I stick to the actual continental divide, the Canadian Rockies. Like mm. All the best mountains to climb are right there.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Idaho, so. <laughs> Flat.
7: <laughs> I visited I, Idaho.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it was mountainous where I was. That was
7: very cool. you, so on the edge towards Montana, then.
1: Yes. So you have
6: see. you ever decided to climb mountains,
1: Ghost? Uh, well, not like rock climb, because I'm a I'm a pussy when it comes to heights. Although I will say, when I was in juvenile corrections, we did have like a a rock wall and high elements and low elements. And if I found out if I'm strapped in and belayed, I'm fearless. I'll do it as long as I, I trust the person that's on belay, then I have fun with it. But I don't, I don't know if I could do the free rock, rock uh, climbing where you, you're anchoring as you go. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't trust myself.
6: Fonzie, you, you used to have a fear of heights, right?
7: Oh, I was petrified. My sister didn't even believe I got over it.
6: So how did you get over your fear of heights? Uh, ayahuasca <laughs> it was it was kind Great of like answer. i i
7: always wanted to climb mountains and then so as soon as i realized i had this like health problem i was like hey i have to get out to the mountains as much as possible and i wanted to climb all the big ones but i was so scared of any of the ones that didn't have like an official easy trail even scrambles we call it scrambles up here anything that doesn't have an official trail you had to put your hands down a bit and there's classes one to four and like class twos. I was losing my mind up them. And then all of a sudden, ayahuasca happened. And the next trip while we were still in Peru was like going up like a couple 5,000 meter peaks. And there's some scrambles behind it. And so we we're with a guide and I asked him if we'd go up it. And he's like, oh, yeah, he took me over to it. And I started climbing in front of him. Then I realized he wasn't coming up with me. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) So I looked back down. and I was like, so can I do this? Are you coming up? And he's like, no, no, no. It's too hard for me. And I'm like, I have to do this. So I realized now is probably what a class three scramble. Not too hard, just a little bit harder than a two. Um, But I had like no fear like before. All of a sudden it was like, I was remember like flying back to the uh, airport after we go back to Canada. and I was like looking at all the videos and I was like, wow. I did this. I wasn't scared. So as soon as I got back to Canada, I was like, hey, it's on. I moved to Canmore like 100%, not just part-time. And it was like, hey, I'm reconnecting with people and I'm booking courses and I'm just like figuring out how to do this. And obviously ropes, they give you, like once you learn that if you're on like a fifth class, classic route, like in this book that I have behind me on this side, right there, that one. And you have like ropes and partners and you're like following where to put the gear properly or there's established gear anchors because guides are doing it all the time. It sounds like a setup for a serial killer. Well, no, what? <laughs> then you like, talk to all the guides and you find all this stuff and it's like, oh, okay, this is how you do this route. And you like wait for the perfect weather and then you just go hit it. So how is this the same as a serial killer? You I know,
1: don't know. I was just making a joke.
7: No, because this makes sense, <laughs> what you just said, because what rappers – are usually a lot of musicians, they're so into serial killers. I don't get it. Like, I'm a pacifist and meditate all the time. You know, like, I take bugs in my house and take them outside, which people think are so weird. But, like, I think there's something to that because this is methodological, like a ser- serial killer. And I think it's an outlet to the same extreme way. Because when I'm climbing with another partner, we make suicide packs we're, Yeah. Like, we're sharing a rope together. Like, we have to uh free pitches together a lot so in between us like there's usually gear if you're going to be like semi soloing with another partner on a rope so you put placing gear between you when you're alpine climbing the kind of stuff i do sometimes you can't put gear between you so it's kind of like well if something goes wrong and you fall off that side of the mountain i'm going to jump off that side of the mountain and the rope will hopefully like, catch us on the ridge, you know? And then like, there's a lot of this
6: and Fuck that you yeah. Yeah.
7: have to accept this. So there's a, definitely it's like a death aspect to it. So I think you're right about this. I think my outlet for being a pacifist has become this climbing mountains. Cause I, I also know with my spiritual aspects that like in Rick and Morty episode, if you have some sort of, life pack or a death that like an unwritten finished deal with god or your holy Guardian angel like you can't die until that is concluded in your lifetime like and so i knew i had one of these too so when i was like going after climbing mountains it was like oh i just know i can't even die why i have the fear i even when i'm pressing it more i know i just can't even die in these situations and if anything goes wrong in this type of climbing you're usually just dead like there's no injury so, and like one of my best friends fell off a mountain and died too. And I had a lot of I died, friends every year. So it's just kind of like, oh, I can just do this. Hmm. And then without worrying about injuring myself too. So I just went after it full force and having the knowledge and taking courses and studying like a science, like a serial killer. I think <laughs> you're onto something <laughs> I mean, you're you already have a death wish. So, and I do it so privately. Like I, I started hating partners. Because you can't trust them. And then so I had my couple partners I would trust, but then you can't really trust any other partners. So then I started going by myself a lot and because I run. I just sold like a Cinnaboyne or <laughs> a lot of stuff by myself completely. But, uh, yeah, I just feel safer that way.
1: Yeah, and you never know when a, when one of your partners uh, decides to tie a noose instead of a, a pressix knot. So Right? <laughs> well out the rope
7: while you're Dude, attached. Yeah. <laughs> No, there's a, that famous story about that, the, the thin line or whatever and stuff. Where they, these guys got, I think it was in Peru, somewhere in South America, they got trapped on something crazy. And this guy made like mistake after mistake after mistake. And they ended up just like cutting the rope on his partner and he fell into a crevasse. And that's just was like, oh yeah, whatever. And they went back to the camp and the guy was like crying there for days. And all of a sudden he like heard his partner like in the night and he's like, no way. Oh, his partner f- apparently like fell into the crevasse. And, like, kept crawling through the tunnels of the ice and, like, under the glacier and, like, popped out near the camp and was able to keep, like, crawling towards the camp, like, screaming. And they found him. And, like, and like between them, they're all good. But this is a giant lesson in climbing mountains because, like, there was a million things they could have done before that (laughs)
6: happened. And that is so scary, too, because you know that those people trusted that fucking guy. And then yeah. he just touched the rope and is like, oh, my bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, so no
7: one wants to climb yet? with this guy anymore. Like, he does well, get course. some brands. Why isn't and, he in fucking prison? <laughs> well, the other guy's still friends with them, So they're, like, good. So it's, like, it's all good between them because that's kind of, like, their bond because they climb together and they make those decisions. But, like, that's what you don't know. Like, when you go out to try to, like, get into this climbing world you meet all these people who want to climb this stuff and most of them are suicidal idiots (laughs) and like i started climbing with a few of them and when you're scrambling and soloing routes to start off with this stuff before you get into some more serious rope work or even when you get into rope work like that's when i started soloing i got involved with a couple of guys who like the anchors they were doing when they were belaying like it became extremely scary for me i looked down in the crux moves and they weren't even like touching the rope and like doing other things and i was like I might as well be soloing this. So I just started soloing stuff. And even with my main partner, unless it was like some of the hardest routes or like guides would climb, we just solo it together. And then on the way down, we share the ropes that we like split in our bags that we can tie together to rappel down together because we both feel safer even just doing that. You know, just becomes a spiritual like thing. Have you seen Bigfoot? Bigfoot? Yeah, I did see Bigfoot. I will straight up say that I saw a Bigfoot when I was younger and it was a taller one and a smaller one. And they were, it was the same thing as the fence. I'm noticing this is a common thing in the sightings. So they're behind one of these animal fences out in the Canadian Rockies and Banff national park. And we're going out visiting family when I was young. And I always want to see Bigfoot. And I do know that like guides and wardens go back there to like do stuff, but definitely not where that is. There's no trails there. And definitely now I know where I saw that too. And like, that's really far away from any trails or anywhere you can park and visit. And they were behind this fence. And I could tell like the one was like nine feet tall and the one was seven feet tall. Wow. And it freaked me out. Like I remember freaking out in the car and telling my parents to park and having a crazy feeling over all my body. And I'd already seen a bunch of weird things earlier in my life, like cryptids and stuff. And so it was like, not crazy, but I remember, I remember being like freaked out being like, this is like, if this happened to me as an adult now, I would immediately pull over the car and go to that fence and see if I could see any trace of them. Even climb over the fence and see if I could see any. Like I'd be like, because these things were way too tall and they didn't look like they were in clothes or anything. They're just big, dark, hairy, like almost like a bear texture. And I see lots of bears on the side of the road, but these were standing up and it just like I remember how freaked out I was and the chills I got over my whole body. So I've definitely seen Bigfoot. I also acted recently with Andy Arts did drift the Barry Bant- Blanchard story, who's an amazing Métis climber out here in Canmore. Um, but like he filmed this like short about Bigfoot and Bigfoot came in another one with Lil Gatta, another friend of ours, and it was really cool. So I was really happy to be a part of that. I played The Hunter. I tried to shoot Bigfoot a bunch and then he ended up killing me. So
3: See, I was cool. waiting for that Bigfoot story to be you were propelling down a cliff and then Bigfoot came down on a rope and passed you.
7: No, no. No. So apparently the actual sightings out here, cause I've been in touch with a bunch of the indigenous and some of my fam, I've got in touch with when I was homeless in DC after I was escaping like the cult stuff, but they still like rolled on me constantly <laughs> during that to remind me, I can't get away. <laughs> Wait, are but, you still uh, trapped in the occult stuff? No. Well, I'm an occultist. Occultist is just hidden knowledge, right? Like I think all of us are occultists, honestly, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, like I, like, I mean, a call like, uh, to my opinion is just someone or a group of people who use this knowledge.
6: But are uh, the secret societies still tapping like, is what I'm asking you.
7: Um, no. I mean, the last time I had any encounters with them was because I'm having a lot of repeats in my life right now from that 2017, 2018 experience um, when that was going on. Um, so I actually approached the Grand Lodge of Alberta. So the actual official Freemasonry Lodge here in Alberta, Uh, they, I know some of the members, so I was able to get like nominations essentially. Um, But I actually approached them officially, the actual Grand Lodge, uh, not even my local chapter first. And uh, upon recommendation, and it's like, in this time, instead of having a weird group of them or some sides crew try to get me involved in their lodge or whatever they're doing so they can use me or whatever, I'm just going to approach them and see if they want me to join. <laughs> so I, I talked to them a bunch recently over that, and they basically said fuck off. Um, so that was the last time I had any dealings with them. I did get drugged by them, and I had my car vandalized. Um, I think that was in like early 2021 when I was trying to speak about this before around then and I kind of went into hiding for a bit longer. I went back to climbing mountains, seriously. I'm just like having health problems now, so I just like don't care. Plus, like a lot of this stuff is kind of moving forward legally because I'm like forcing it for my third book. So it's kind of like also like I'm ready to talk about a lot of this stuff.
6: no that's fucking awesome and i'm glad that you came on to uh, start talking about this stuff and i, I don't I, want it to be about i, mean, me. I do be... this is
7: the round table let's talk about things and I just yeah yeah I, I i right was gonna right.
6: say i don't mean to be rude but drew i just saw or just listened to your breakdown with uh julia on cosmic peach uh for the ninth gate and i gotta tell you bro that has been one of my go-to movies for occultist shit like uh it, that was one of the first movies that i watched and i was like oh shit this is the stuff that i'm looking into mine was peter and, pan and i shut the fuck up seriously <laughs> yeah. and so i was obsessed with that fucking movie and when you and julia put out that episode i was like fuck yes and i hit her up even before i listened to it i was like i cannot wait to listen to this because if you guys fuck this up i'm gonna eat i'm gonna eat you guys both up (laughs) but you both did an amazing job and it was it was very good i will say though that i don't agree with uh what you guys think about who the blonde girl was because i think i think it was lucifer Fair, fair. I feel
2: spoiler uh, alert. I haven't seen the movie.
6: Bro, it's been out for fucking almost 15 years. It's <laughs> not I'm fucking
2: with you. I'm not mad at all. It's
6: fine.
2: <laughs> I'll check it out now. You sold it. So,
6: Johnny Depp, right? He, uh, he's a book dealer and they hire him. Um basically, uh this guy who's obsessed with the occult and Lucifer. He buys this book who is it's supposedly written by Lucifer, and he wants to invoke uh, what these books talk about. And he, he tries to do the, uh, the invokings of these books. Hmm. And he realizes that they're not working, but there's two other books in print. And so he hires Johnny Depp to go search out these other books and to see if they're legit or not. And it takes you on a journey. It's a great movie.
2: Hmm. All right. Let me check that out.
6: I'll have to rewatch it, because when I watched it,
1: I didn't even look at it through those lenses. It's
7: 1989, so to cut you off there. It's yeah, well 1999. Off, uh, it's loosely off a novel from 1993.
3: Yeah, The <laughs> Club of Dumas. Yeah.
7: I mean, if this comes out in 1999, this is like right before Y2K. You know, it's just like a full force, like a Fox, Fox Olympic, like... Oh, call the to Bach be like No one was paying attention to this too much in the same sense because we didn't have these kind of like ways to all talk about this back the then. You know, it was so much harder with MySpace.
3: It's just a typical Polanski film where it's so out in the open, no one pays attention. And it's a fucking slog of a film to watch. It is so boring. Uh-huh. I had to watch that twice within two days just to really analyze it and pick out all the shit that's in it. Because it's so fucking slow, but it's good. 5 out of
7: 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, like, when you have a 5 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, that's a clear indication, like, no one paid attention to this movie, please. Like, we made this just to pay some people. I actually, like, I hung out and got on payroll with some Hollywood people and got to go to a pretty exclusive party with some of my family in Hollywood. And then I got to continue working with them for a bit. And I really understand what this kind of movie is versus like bigger movies because like they even told me when they were doing The Revenant which got filmed at the same location I worked at and they were filming other movies then like they were all told that that movie was going to win all these awards next year and every shot had to be filmed perfectly and if it didn't there was like no spare of expense to like refilm it hmm. and then like when they were filming like Togo they like knew that it wasn't going to be anything so like they kept pushing through a lot of the scenes, being like, oh, don't worry, this isn't, like, meant to win any awards. So you just, like, keep doing it. Hmm. Interesting. So, Logan was, and Jess... It's uh, strange hearing from, like, executive producers and directors from, like, Sony and Disney and, like, the teamsters from Disney are really rad people. And, like, none of these are bad people either. Like, they all talk shit about the people who are the money people a lot. And it's weird hearing it from them, you know, being like, hey, I want to make these movies to help move people. And then there's these money people coming in who want to make these like changes that cause division and racism and stuff and little interjections and crazy scenes that make no sense and stuff. And they get really upset about it. And it just really opened my eyes to the whole industry, how like this goes on and how they're even upset about how some movies won't get any money because it's not planned to win the awards. And then these other (laughs) movies, they know it's going to win the awards. So it gets the money and the help and like the good people on staff. And when things go wrong and it actually gets fixed. And like it was weird being on the inside of that and hearing those complaints. And like it was just, oh, so like the film industry actually isn't that bad. Like Hollywood's not that bad. It really is just a couple people with the money who are fucking it up. So it was like, it was really nice and peaceful. So it it gets fixed and it is fixed? Well, well, the more meditations (laughs) I'm done on this, actually, I think the people who have the money and who are making these changes are doing a good thing. I mean, so some people, in order to wake up, they need the forceful push in like the left or the right direction or like the division to like reach their maximum to like come to the awakening that hey maybe it is about just unity and some of these directors when they're using old scripts or whatever old books to create a movie they're excluding some things and making it too smooth of the movie to not actually like trigger some people rightly to make them rethink and cause some conversations with their friends to like make them actually make some changes in their life. So like, these would be like left-hand path people, but I think they're like necessary. Like if they're really bad people and not playing by like the karmic rules, they always topple and lose everything that they're building and their businesses and everything. But it's kind of like Sith versus Jedi. Like I think those people have to be there with the money and make those weird changes people hate just to make people, like, rethink things and the audience also have those, you know, awakening, triggering, like, rethinking moments. Can, just my two takes, anyways, these days. To call, I, I
6: agree to- with you, man. There needs to be balance. There needs to be balance. Um, I, I wanted to take a second, though, because I've never met Jess and I've never met Logan, so I wanted to introduce myself and say hello. 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 It's nice to see you guys. Uh, Logan, for the first, like, 10 minutes that we've been on here i'm like why the fuck did ghost invite somebody that's wearing a fucking mask
4: and I realized it was your pop filter <laughs> yeah i sit real fucking close to it and my computer doesn't like i don't have a decent camera so like it just is arced down so you no, guys it's only good get to i just thought you out. were
6: wearing a mask for like the first 10 15 minutes <laughs> and i'm like i'm not gonna say anything to this guy <laughs>
1: Now, he goes by Dusty McBalls on uh, Instagram. Ah,
4: that's oh, my stage name. you
6: are Dusty McBalls. I just heard you on uh, Cult of Conspiracies, right? Or Reality Stars. Cult- Reality Czars. Yes, yeah. that was it.
4: Mm-hmm. Fucking great episode, bro. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. My trail story is kind of infamous now, so it's just a lot of people don't know. I've only said it on, well, I told Ghost a few days ago, but... From that trail, I actually had a demon attached to me. Dude, and it did was you a, go
6: back? Because when I was listening to you,
4: you said you and your girlfriend were going to go back to this trail.
6: Did you we, go? Ha- have you been back?
4: No, no, we were going to, and but then from talking to another psychic medium, she was like, "The this evil spirit that is the two evil spirits that are in your house, they want you to go back, so they, you know." they're trying to get you guys to go back. And I was just, I didn't. So we we're trying to you stay away to, from the tree. You need to
6: clean. You need to clean out your house, bro. Like you we, need to, you need to clean out your house.
4: I have done. so last Sunday we got rid of them both. We're going to do me and my girlfriend are going to do another walkthrough tonight just to make sure. But I had like, I had to do, I have to take spiritual baths for seven yeah. days. And then after that, I have to take a sweetener bath. And while we were, pushing it out. I had to light incense. I had to light a black candle for two hours before we did the whole banishing. I had to use sage. It's a lot of work,
6: but it's necessary.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. How are you getting rid of this thing? Are you going the spiritual route or are you going the, the Christian route? Um, well from the psychic medium that we talked to, she kind of, it's weird because a lot of people don't believe Like, especially the ones that I have talked to, they're not, they don't claim Christianity, but they do talk in kind of a Christian way. Like, they refer to like the universal God as like, you know, God and that whole aspect. So, it's kind of technically me and my girlfriend did go that route and we were able because I can't see them, I can only really hear them. And I get pictures in my mind of like where things are. And she was like she basically did most of like the heavy lifting with because she can on see them right yeah yeah she's she didn't know until we talked to the psychic medium but i technically my girlfriend's a psychic medium now too wow heavy yeah. heavy
7: feels man heavy feels i grew up in a haunted house and it was when we started getting ready to do an exorcism with my one Lutheran pastor the one before when he was like a younger pastor it started going away, and then we just like sold the house <laughs> and <then I> got <laughs> somewhere else. But these same ghosts were following my parents forever, and I think they still are. Like I've had a lot of encounters, so like heavy feels. Uh, do you use salt at all?
4: Um, right now, under my bed and in the closet where the demon was, mm. I have a container of like a glass jar of salt in the closet and under my bed, and then I also have crystals just laid out throughout my room, I and. Heard
7: okay so something that's really important to do is a lesser vanishing spell and like it's weird because this is where it ties back into christianity for some reason and like i've kind of left christianity but i have like strong ties to it so i guess still consider myself lutheran and i want to support my lutheran church and my family but i'm definitely like a fellow <laughs> and i've learned way too much to just be a lutheran you know and I think my pastors and stuff were, like, great in that sense, too. I think a lot of the high-end churches are, like, reali- like realizing they can share more about the Kabbalistic natures of the Abrahamic religions. Um, but they all just touch base on stuff. But so getting back to this, though, is so the lesser vanishing spell is at the end of the Lord's Prayer, which is, for thine is the kingdom, the power of the glory, forever and ever, amen. And now this is like a giant in the occult world right this is what you do before and after you do anything unless you're doing like a higher vanishing spell mm-hmm. and if you want to do this in your house to cleanse stuff do your sage burnings and whatever kind of other stuff you're doing for cleansing but when you're throwing salt in your house do the lesser banishing spell so the mm-hmm. line is the kingdom the power of glory and forever, forever and all men but do the cross with it mm-hmm. and start at the east and then do a clockwise motion looking down all the way so you get back to east again and then make sure you sprinkle like everything in your house all your windows your doors your entryways and then when you vacuum and clean the next time and make sure you're cleaning your house because like, a cleanly house is a godly house it gives like less things for the demons to attach to and stuff um but then do it again like the next time you vacuum up the all and do it all again toss this around again do that same cleansing again uh, east, uh, all the way around, uh, clockwise, right? So east to north and then continue around east and yeah, hit all your windows, all your entryways and all that kind of stuff. And like, do, this do fun? this make sure you're reinforcing like a protective space. That only like good entities are allowed to like enter your space because there are good mundane
6: gods that are. That's what I was just about to ask you. Just it, reinforce it, it, that. Are you are you are you casting out good entities when you do this as well? And and
7: you, is, you have is... to just make the intention of what you're trying to do when mm-hmm. you're doing it. So you're trying to make it's all about intention. Everything's about intention, right? In this place with quantum mechanics reinforcing it. So. You're making the attempt to cast out these things that have ill intent for you, malevolent intent for you, and then saying, No, beings with malevolent intent are allowed to come in here. And that's what you're focusing on. So, like, it's not like you're making any statements to allow other beings in, but it's just like, if other ones that are good intent or neutral intent to you want to show up, like, don't worry about trying to make any energy to cast those out too or put any energy to that. Just like work on the ones that are malevolent to you currently have your thoughts, your heart and everything, all your intentions, focusing on the ones that are currently wanting to fuck with you and feed off your energy for some reason. And just focus, like, that's the point. Like that's just focus, everything, heart grounding to that with salt. Like I said, and keep it clean, clean it up every week, do it again, keep keep it up.
6: Does it matter the salt that you use, uh, like, does it have to be like pink Himalayan salt, or can it just be like I red, personally
7: use ice? kosher salt? Actually, um, kosher salt has no additives, pickling salt's the almost exact same thing, so I use pickling salt too. It's really cheap, it's rock salt, you a know, really big bulk stuff. And like, so kosher salt's great, um, just because it has absolutely no additives, it's completely pure, solidified salt, it's not even ground or done anything like work to it, it's just like pure solidified salt that's even in black wise, which I think is a fair thing to accept. So it's just like it's a really cheap cooking salt you get
3: really good.
6: So Logan, have you guys uh experienced like uh, anything since you've cleaned the house?
4: Mm, not really. Um literally the week before we did it, we heard there was a golden finch that was running into the window repeatedly. There was knocking like three knocks on my front door glass glass window and then one day when i was coming down into the pan like i was coming down to grab something to eat and i saw a white apparition fly from the the fucking pantry all the way across my kitchen i had when i was at the movie theater because we went and saw talk to me if you haven't seen talk to me it is so good it's a really good movie but when i was there at the movie theater i saw A picture of the demon that was that was basically tormenting me and it was in the light right under the like fire extinguisher where you pull it to get the fire alarm going and it it was like this blue and black ashy gray skin it had like a white like when you're in the hospital and you have to take all your clothes off and they give you that white gown it was wearing that and it had black hair and it was just creepy. It basically kind of looked like the Grudge. And Did it
7: have I, any like longer, spiky type hair on its back or anything?
4: No, not that I could see. I only saw the front of it. And was was the clothing shredded or was it still intact? It was intact. Okay, cool. cool. It was intact. How tall, how tall was it about? Oh, probably around like five six. It wasn't crazy tall. Oh, okay, but it was human height or
7: something higher.
4: Yeah, it was human around human height. Yeah, it was weird because I a, fre- a fresh gown though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. What's your why thoughts? And you <clears throat> why are you asking this, Fons? Uh I've seen
7: things like this before because I, I see ghosts and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What's your um, thoughts? I, mean, he,
6: de- I don't think he's dealing with a ghost. I think he's dealing with a bulldog. no,
7: no. I mean, like things and stuff too. <laughs> I don't. I am very unsure about what to call different entities here, like this, because I just. Assume most of the mundane gods are just spirits who have been recycled through the uh, uh soul traps too many times, right?
6: So. through the what? I'm I, your, your sound um, sucks right now. Like, you I, sounded amazing on my show, but for some reason, I might have touched here. my
7: dials a bit. How is this? Is am I fixing? Yeah,
6: my turn your gain up a little bit. Yeah, how's is
3: this?
7: Is this
6: better? So,
3: Logan, the reason I asked before whether you're going the spirit route or the, the Christian route is because. Often you hear about people who go the new age spiritual route and they think they've actually exercised or banished these things from their spaces, but we know these things are deceptive and all you've really done is thrown fuel on the fire and it just masks itself and continues to feed off you and whatnot.
6: Um Yeah. That's just my own perspective, but <laughs> No, I totally agree with you, Drew, and that's why that's why I was curious too if he had if he's experienced any more since he did his cleansing. Um, because I, I, I've been talking to somebody that's dealing with a poltergeist, uh, recently and I'm going to have her come on the show and she's freaked out. Like basically everything from the movie poltergeist in the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, what was happening in the kitchen is happening to her. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, have you cleaned your house? She's like, yes. And she's done the sage. She's done assault. She's done all of this and it's still happening.
7: So poltergeist is what I was mentioning before, and I mentioned this in my first book. So when it ends up growing the spikes on its back, apparently I've been told it's called like a spiky back poltergeist. I know it as a Vietnam, but like Viet space Nam, because Nam and Nom tar are like like divine law and destiny uh, versus like fates, essentially, like the same names for those. And that's where I know that that name comes from for that type of polter- poltergeist. But that one feeds off of addictions typically. Um, so my next question for seeing that kind of a poltergeist, especially one that has a gown on, uh, like, is there any addiction issues in your household? Because that's,
4: like, that's what those kind of seem to feed off. of.
6: Logan, that was for you. Oh, is there oh sorry. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 there's not. That is I'm there any addiction
6: in the
7: household? Cause like, I know the one that's attached to my dad is because his brother had addiction issues and killed mm-hmm. himself. Well, right. It's not cause my dad or anyone has addiction issues, but it's because my brother, my dad's brother did kill himself. And now this poltergeist that has these spikes on his back that I've seen it try mm-hmm. to touch me. But because I know to like push energy at it, it got really hurt when it touched me and it hasn't been bothering my parents too much anymore, but we used to be able to hear it like upstairs. Walking around when you were downstairs in like the last couple of houses they're in, so it's definitely been following them for a bit. So they're kind of studying this thing.
0: That's so-
6: insane. So Fonz, uh, his background is they've been uh, going on this trail, uh, and the first no, time I, I
7: heard that for sure. But I like, there's got to be some reason. I feel. This poltergeist is definitely around because it likes to feed off of someone's addictions for some reason, like not necessarily substances, but like some sort of mental craving to do something um, that was unhealthy that got related to like how it's able to like feed off of energies now while it's still around without a body. So it latched on to you or your partner it was with you hiking for some reason, probably because of family generational issues, not your own but it probably senses something that you have something that it can try to make you fearful about so that you start doing some tendencies that are just going to create a negative cycle in your life that it can feed that energy off of. Like that's I think this, it, this is my, my own source. opinion,
6: but I think it attached to your girlfriend because it has been around for so long and it was excited that somebody could actually see it. Well, if it, if
7: it knows it can create fear, and create a loop of fear it, and it keep doing that, that's when it latches on because it knows it can keep eating that. Like it, it, those kind of things feed off of our that energy of ours that way.
3: You have to consider so, these three things though. Is it, what's the source of it? You need to figure out what the source is. Is it demonic? Is it, um, witchcraft like people astral projecting or is it tech new age technology where you've got the government actually targeting you, pretending to be one of these entities, because if you use, um, ritual spiritual procedures to try and get rid of this thing or faith that's not going to work if it's some guy astral projecting the name of christ or the name of god isn't going to do anything to it if it's a guy in a cloaked field fucking with your house and messing with you whispering in your ear and shit that's not going to do anything so you need to find out what the source is more than anything else 100% so what's
1: your take on this jess
0: Oh
5: man cuz I've done some cleansings in the past and uh what I find is like sometimes you just end up pissing them off and they do go quiet for a little bit but they do come back pissed off and um it's been a while since I've done that but um I definitely you know say salt too with that um just like Fonz was saying you know and put your intention into the salt as you you before you kind of go and spread it you know that And then like as when I'd go through somewhere, I'd always like kind of like envision light pushing whatever it is out of the house too before you seal it off with salt.
4: From what I was from what I was told, the one because we had we had two and we don't know if the one in the basement went away, but the one in my closet, he's not there anymore. And my girlfriend, when we were cleansing the house, he was kind of filtering throughout separate rooms and stuff like that. And eventually she didn't see him anymore. But the one in my closet was allegedly attached to me because I was told it can go two ways. It's either you're really, really negative or you're really, really positive. And I'm always extremely positive. So that's why the psychic medium that I was talking to, she thought that's why it attached to me. Now, the one in the basement was actually, we think, brought in by my grandparents because her guides we're telling her that somebody or like family members keep always arguing like constantly. And that's why he's here. Well, my grandma and grandpa, they are always yelling at each other, always arguing. And my grandpa, he's like a really negative person. So we think they might've brought that into our house. And he, from what I was told, you live in the same house that your grandparents lived in? No, which I've had, Weird experiences living with my grandparents too. like one night I was it was like maybe two it was in the middle of the night and I woke up I always sleep with my door closed and pitch black. I woke up and my door was swung wide open and there was like a seven foot seven and a half foot tall figure and it was like slim dark and it's like hands like stopped at its like knees but it had really long jagged fingers. And I just assumed it was my grandpa because I was still like you know waking up and I was still tired, so I was like, oh whatever. But no, and I've had similar experiences not only with that like specific spirit, but with other ones too. That I don't know if it's the same one, but other ones that have like come into my dreams and then like opened my door, and I'll wake up to my door being open. That's what
3: I was just about to ask. You said you saw it in the waking moment. So how long was it in in your? in your mind or in your like spiritual realm prior to waking up. Cause you're just seeing the tail end of it when you're conscious, when you're unconscious, who knows what it was doing to you? Yeah.
6: yeah I- it, it, was it, was it a part of like a sleep paralysis type of thing too?
4: I don't think it was sleep paralysis because I woke up, I shot up like, like I was sitting up looking at my doorway and I was like, still kind of groggy. And then I went I just laid back down, I was like, oh whatever it's probably my grandpa. Was it holding
7: anything in its hands? There's a Bible
4: verse on this. Is it no? It, what,
7: it is like,
4: what is the Bible? What is the Bible verse?
7: Was it wearing anything specific?
4: No, it was just like a black, shadowy figure with really long arms and it just looked it was just jagged.
7: But nothing, it wasn't holding anything in its hands. No. Interesting. But it was in the doorway.
4: So yeah. it showed up one time? Um actually showed up two other times, but yeah, the okay. other two times I didn't officially see it. Like the one the really creepy one that really fucked me up was mm-hmm. when I was in Atlanta and I was living with my aunt and yeah. right now they live in Paris. So yeah. they fly back and forth and they were back for Christmas.
7: Yeah I was gonna ask what time of year this was. So yeah, had four sightings, what time of year were they?
4: One oh God, I don't know.
7: Because the, the time other, year is really important.
4: It was in the middle of the night like the No, no I don't what know what time of year. Oh, I know I I would assume
7: equinox or solstice or quarter day was the closest to. Oh, God. Yeah. Like what month? Just move the
4: month. I think two of them were in the summer. I'd say around midsummer. And then the last one, the most recent one was in December.
7: No shit. So you had the summer ones first and then you Mm -hmm. came back in December. Mm
4: -hmm. So it's kind of
7: solstices. And like summer is an intense part because that's when you usually have a break from a lot of this stuff. And that's when you said it showed up first
4: yeah like the
7: second what time what happened I showed. what happened in your life the previous spring
4: oh God. I, I don't like spring i was and easter oh I, I when i was living with my grandparents i was just fucking off and doing like a lot of bad living crazy with things. your
7: grandparents that previous spring the, the yeah go. the first one in the winter what about the winter solstice so the I christmas was, before the summer showed up where were you living what were you doing
4: I was with my aunt, but my grandparents just sold their house in Atlanta, so they were living there too. And that one, that experience really tripped me the fuck out because I was. This is so why you were
6: you were in the same house as your grandparents. That how had old these- are you? That's mm-hmm. the next
7: question. How old are you? Twenty three. Oh yeah, no shit. Okay, so you're gonna be twenty
4: four soon.
7: And you where are you where are you going with this? Gonna, how how are you gonna be next Easter? Twenty three
4: there will still be twenty three next Easter. Mm-hmm. My birthday's in May. Interesting. Why? Yeah. Why
6: is that interesting? I'm well, kidding. <laughs> okay. What? What?
7: Okay. What? 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 What time in May? What is it? Is it later in the month or early in the
4: month? Eleven. Oh fuck.
7: <laughs>
4: fuck, <laughs> well, dude. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I don't know.
7: I'm just filling gaps for myself here. I know too much about things. Uh, what do you want? What do you want? How, how does this not help you? This helps me immensely. So, okay, what happens with awakening events? Like for me, especially, like I was able to lose my Holy Garden Angel the time I was twenty-four in Easter, and you're gonna, you need eighteen months of isolation to do anything once you start having contact like this. And then, so if he's having legitimate contact, because Drew hit on some amazing things, and I made a horrible assumption earlier. I just immediately assumed this thing was malevolent, right? And now all of a sudden, right. you're telling me here, Logan that this thing, you're a positive person, and this is probably a positive feeder, which this could be literally leading into an awakening event or you possibly hitting Adeptus, Minor, or even passing through Adeptus, Exemptus, in Philemic Grades with you encountering your Holy Garden Angel. Like, the only way that these kind of generational spirits would start latching onto you, that obviously your family has been dealing with them for a long time without any sort of awareness or care to deal with them, And then you being with them (laughs) from the fall equinox through the spring uh, equinox before all this started happening in the summer right after, that means you literally failed a meditation thing that you're supposed to be going through uh, during that spring that was leading up. But like failure is is a bad thing. doesn't mean you actually did anything wrong. It just means it's setting you up for like a solid blessing in the next coming, coming years. And like, so that was 22 the last time, right? Um, no. so just like what I know with like spiritual awakening in the like grades, what happens with the mundane gods with Tibetan Buddhism, so how they start attaching to you and starting to force you to go through like generational karmic issues and really like hashing them when you have these things attaching to you, especially during those times of year. And like, I can get more in depth on what you know, fall equinox bring spring you know, equinox is really important, about, especially in time. time. Open all
2: the doors and let you out into the world
7: Closing
2: time Turn all of the lights on Over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol, So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay
0: here